This episode of Tales from the Backlog is brought to you by the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com slash realdavejackson. Some personal heroes of mine like Chris Nelson, the top three podcast crew, Zul Geek, Eric Guess, Rick Firestone, Nick Ficori, Jill, Soccer, ZNA, Cupcake, Kyle, Christian S., Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, JD, Doug Leaf, Jason Emery, Rob Shack, Brian Skersha, Randall, Jake Martin, Jenny E., and many more have all chosen to support the show by going over to patreon.com slash realdavejackson and kicking a few bucks a month. Their support is appreciated from the bottom of my heart, and in return, they're getting bonus episodes like in October. We've already had a bonus episode about the game Detention, and the... $5 patrons are getting a monthly retro gaming bonus show called Tales from the Way Backlog. This month it's about Zombies Ate My Neighbors. If any of that sounds interesting to you, as well as the uh, ability to vote in polls for what games appear on the show, you can head to patreon.com slash realdavejackson. Any support is always appreciated, and with that being said, let's get into that blood ocean. everybody, my name is Dave Jackson, and you're listening to Tales from the Backlog. This is a video games review podcast where each week I'm joined by a guest to bring a game out of the backlog, play it, and discuss. My guest today to talk about Iron Lung are friends of the show, the co-founders of the DuckFeed.TV podcast network, hosts of such wonderful shows as Watch Out for Fireballs, Bonfireside Chat, Abject Suffering, and too many to list at the beginning of one podcast. They are back from their trip to the bottom of the blood ocean, Gary Butterfield and Cole Ross. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. I'm still in the blood ocean. Oh, <laughs> shit. I shouldn't have assumed. I'm sorry, Gary. I've got <laughs> Wi-Fi in the blood ocean. Hell yeah. And that's not a metaphor. It's <laughs> uh, not a gross urban dictionary Euphemism, thing. no. Wi-Fi yeah. in the blood ocean. Um, yeah. Hi. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I want to give you guys the customary time at the beginning of the show to uh, to talk about this stuff that you do and where people may have heard your voices before. Yeah, we are uh, DuckFeed.TV, a podcast network that primarily talks about video games, but talks about many different uh, pop cultural artifacts. Been going mm-hmm. on now for uh, more than a decade. Um, our flagship show is called Watch Out for Fireballs, which is a games club podcast uh but then we do several other shows uh comedy shows we do bonfireside chat about the soulsborne games uh we do a general video game show in the form of the level uh we're we're doing a recap show about breaking bad uh which will resume once the strike ends hopefully mm-hmm. by the time you hear this that is true uh we've just done a whole lot of stuff mm-hmm. and uh yeah yeah any number of shows for folks who like uh, uh general uh media kind of things yeah yeah, like I said at the top, the um the the shows that I guess would analog most with Tales from the Backlog are Watch Out for Fireballs, which is uh similar to this show, but much more story focused than this show usually gets. I mean, sometimes breaking up long games into multiple episodes, which is a smart idea that I should find a way to uh <laughs> adopt on this show, because I'm an idiot. Um and also Bonfire Side Chat. You know, I've talked about multiple souls and from software games on this show. And I just gotta say for people out there who do not know about Bonfireside Chat. It is, I think it's the best show for Souls play-along type material. 
It's on the Patreon for you guys now, which I'm a, a proud subscriber to because it's that show alone is worth the five bucks. But um, the earlier Souls games, you know, the Dark Souls stuff and Bloodborne, that's still open to the public, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That show is, uh, for people who are not familiar, is area by area. Yeah. Uh, explorations of, of those games. And then also going into uh, Souls likes uh, from software games that came before Dark Souls mm-hmm. and kind of inspired it, things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Soundtracks. We do a lot of kind of special topics things, but it's it's everything Dark Souls, Soulsborn, mm-hmm. Elden Souls, right. Eldenborn, <laughs> Blood. Haven't Elden. changed the name yet to uh, incorporate the Elden uh, terminology. Th- they yeah. haven't. They keep saying Soulsborn. <laughs> and um, you guys have a couple of shows. Like I was thinking about this game, Iron Lung, today, and you guys have, by my count, at least three shows that this game could appear on. Uh, from for being a horror game, for having a movie adaptation upcoming. So uh, no matter what you like, um, Duckfeed's got something for you. So like I said, uh, today's game is Iron Lung. It is a first-person horror game developed and published by David Zemansky for PC and Switch in 2022. Imagining like cozying up in bed after a hard day and playing Iron <laughs> Lung just to relax, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, the uh, uh, really happy to have an opportunity to play this. This has been on my two playlist Hell for yeah. a while, and uh, this is a great excuse. Yeah, yeah it. love it. Um, for people out there who have not played Iron Lung, uh, the spoiler policy for this episode is the same as all episodes of the show. We're not going to spoil the story for you. Uh, this is a very short game. It's fairly light on upfront story, but we're still not going to spoil stuff that's best left experienced for the first time. Um, until the spoiler warning. So if you check down in the show notes, you'll see a timestamp for when that spoiler wall is, and you can jump out at that point if you don't want to be spoiled. So in case people have not played Iron Lung, we have prepared some elevator pitches to try to get you to play this. I say it is a somewhat cozy but mostly stressful submarine trip to the bottom of an ocean of blood. How about you guys? Uh, mine, I, I forgot to do this in advance, so I had one, but it was spoilery that I like better and I'll share it after the spoiler wall. Right. Um, the, uh, but, uh, creeping dread as a navigation puzzle, mm-hmm. uh, is what I put. Yeah. And for me, I put, uh, about as minimal as a horror game could be to great effect. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this took me one hour to play. This is something I don't think is going to like differ for a lot of people unless you spend a ton of time digging in the computer logs um about an hour for you guys right yeah yeah which made it an easy pitch to uh to come on someone else's <laughs> podcast and talk about nothing beats a one hour game right not at all yeah <laughs> so we'll get started with uh our histories with iron lung what put it on our radar why did we want to play it um maybe our history with david Simansky because he has another high profile game uh as far as indie games go with dusk so I will turn it over to you guys. Uh, when did you first play this? If you played it before, why did you want to play it? Uh, I'll start with that. I played it shortly after it came out. Uh, I do horror game streams on uh, weekends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this was a pretty obvious pick, not just because the uh, like, you know, the, the, the pitch for it is kind of immediately arresting, uh, but also because I uh, enjoy Davis's Mansky's work. 
uh, not just Dusk, which we had previously covered on Watch Out for Fireballs. That was mm-hmm. my first kind of exposure to him. But like ever since then, you know, especially uh, with his connection with the Dread XP Collective, uh, working and uh, putting out those collections, he has had a couple of entries in those that have been very good. I think one of them is Horse Factory. Uh, the other one that is especially good that I enjoy is Squirrel Stapler, which just today was announced <laughs> that that is getting a uh, kind of a stand a standalone release on Steam, mm. which is real cool standalone and expanded um yeah so i kind of i i like this creator and kind of the scale of project that he is putting out in the horror game space so it was kind of a natural fit i I thought you were gonna say you know i've got you know movie adaptations on the mind so i thought you were gonna say squirrel stapler's got an adaptation in the works too (laughs) (laughs) it would be pretty messed up that's neat it's like a horror hunting game Uh, i like it quite a bit nice how about you gary uh, the, I, I mostly know this creator from Twitter and dusk, uh, you know, mm. from new blood kind of boomer shooter stuff. Um, I like indie horror stuff, but I don't keep up with it as much as cool does. Um, I just generally like source engine era looking visuals. Uh, and then when I started following, uh, Dave, uh, Samansky and, um, the, uh, the person making gloom would, uh, Dylan Rogers and Dave Oshry, that whole crew following them on Twitter and just really liking what they think about video games, how they talk about video games and um, what they like about it. The idea of a one hour long encapsulated experience that gets in and gets out and does something very elegant with very few me- mechanics is very appealing to me. Uh, it's, it's becoming a, a cliche at this point that like, I want, you know, shorter games with worse graphics for more money, you know, that, that tweet, but that is true. Like most, like most people I know actually do want that. And this is a great example of that. Love to yeah. see game more games like this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, for me personally, I played dusk. Um, you guys actually put it on my radar cause I'm, uh, I don't have any history with the boomer shooters and, uh, stuff like that. So I played dusk basically on your recommendation, fell off of it after a while, but I enjoyed a couple hours of it. You know how it goes. Um, but I, what I did love about it was the, the visuals and just like the overall vibe of it, you know? Um, so when I heard about Iron Lung, I was interested, but, uh, I'm on the podcast talking about Iron Lung, but for a while, this was a game where I was like, I'll never play that because it looks way too scary. Um, I'm a very recent convert to horror games. And so this game has a reputation for being really tense and scary. And so it was just like, you know, I actually bought it because it's $6 full price on Steam. So I bought it. I was like, I, I like this developer. I will buy it. Maybe I'll play it someday. Uh, but here I am uh, playing it. Uh, this this was when I'm putting together the uh, the games for the October schedule. A one hour game fits in really nicely for a podcast schedule. So uh, it was a curiosity buy at the beginning. And then, you know, here I am playing it. Uh, this was all before the announcement of Markiplier making a movie and before the Titan sub thing that made this game spike in sales. Uh, what a, what a weird little like coincidence curse that happens. Yeah. It's been interesting watching, watching him uh, like kind of like process that, like there have been interviews with, with uh, David about Mm -hmm. that. Um, And uh, I would not know how to feel about getting a financial uh you know a financial uh boon or a profile raise out of something like that right 
it's yeah. it, it's got to be something that's really hard to process. You know, people died, and therefore I make a bunch of money. No, uh, yeah. not my fault, but. Right, yeah. right. I just, I it turns out a bunch of people willing, w- willingly went and did this thing that I have said, you know, David has said, like, oh, it's just the scariest thing I could imagine. I just decided right. to make a game out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's interesting too because it, it's, uh, all that stuff is obviously subjective. Like everything is subjective. But the uh, people who did that who weren't scared of it, like, we'll get into this when we start talking about the game and stuff. Like I like this game a lot. Uh, I I'm not that scared of it and that's not a flex because I get very scared of video games. Mm-hmm. Um, this scenario is not my weakness, you know, so that, that kind of idea. And it's, I imagine like those uh, people in the sub, like I'm like, Oh, they, that'd be fine. Put me in a small room. <laughs> like uh, I love being in a small room without windows. Like it's my favorite thing. <laughs> I do it most of the time at home. That's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's it's just interesting to think about that. Ethically, it's it is nuts. It reads like a drill tweet. Like yeah. the more people who die, the more money I make. <laughs> like you know, drill you know, or something like that. Like yeah, it's it's just it's very very bleak. Yeah. Um, oh, woof. Yeah. So Gary, you said you enjoyed the game. I, I guess I'll go ahead and give some quick opening thoughts here too. Um, I enjoyed this a lot too. It, it's really hard for a game that's one hour long to overstay its welcome and this game doesn't you know um i got the feeling this this felt like a like a game jam type of game that just got like more polish afterwards you know added some lore and stuff like that but it's a very very simple premise for a game and it works it's a good premise and uh keeps you on your toes keeps introducing new stuff at a good pace it's got some cool gremlin horror shit for its like backstory and then it's over. It's a nice uh, snack of a horror game. Mm-hmm. I, I It's hard for me to think of a horror game that sustains being good for a very long time that is a pure horror game. Mm. You know, like I, I can play 20 hours of Resident Evil 4, which has elements of horror. Yeah. But I'm not in the market for a 20 hour horror game. No. You know, I, I don't want that. It's not a mood that sustains. Uh, and I'm always a little bit surprised that more horror games are not this short. Because it's it's such a good emotion to go with this length mm-hmm. of things. Like it is even a, a very you know something like uh, Amnesia: The Dark Descent, which I I love. Uh, you know that's like six hours or something like that. Still ends up feeling a little long at the end. Like it you know they have to keep showing you tricks, but at a certain point, like you start getting it. There's yeah. only so long you can stare at strings without seeing them, no matter how dark it is. Mm-hmm. And I I think that that's the thing that this game does that I admire more than I viscerally felt. Mm-hmm. Like from a game design perspective, this is super impressive to me yeah. uh, because of that absolute elegance and focusing on just a couple of core things. Mm-hmm. Right. Horror benefits so much from compression, right? Mm-hmm. You really want to, you know, the best horror controls your breath almost, right? You know, you're holding it, you're, you know, there's the buildup of tension and release. You know, we talked about this in our uh, uh, show about horror movies that we do uh, on Filmable, uh, but that is kind of one of the huge deals. You want to just kind of really keep a tight hand on the rudder of, you know, your pacing. Sorry, I mixed my metaphors there. Um, <laughs> and this is incredibly compressed. And on horror also, you know, in addition to compression, requires, I think, a little bit of discipline. You want to stay focused on, you know, what specific, what lever specifically you are trying to pull. And the inventive, the inventiveness of this, I think is very, you know, apparent, you know, the cool things that it does, you know, with so little, but the thing that really, really impresses me is 
that someone could have an idea, you know, the kernel of, it, of an idea for this and keep it at such a limited scope. You know, a lesser creator would probably let this sprawl a little bit more, both mm-hmm. mechanically and narratively, and especially from like a runtime perspective. Um, and to kind of keep that scope really, really in check shows a great amount of discipline that just helps the product, helps the experience. Helps it in many ways, like not just helps it in terms of focus, but helps it in terms of comparison. Yeah. Like a weird thing I thought about while playing this is that Subnautica kind of contains it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in a way. Like if they <laughs> no. were to, going to expand the scope of this and the mechanics too much, you would end up competing on a ground that you don't necessarily want to be competing on, not because of qual- like overall quality, but like there's a reason why there's weight classes or there's a reason why like, you know, the best boxer in the world is not the best baseball player in the world, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, uh, keeping this at that scale, uh, keeps it in its own arena, which makes it shine really bright and not be compared to things that it, you know, had bigger budget and have, you know, arguably more polished and kind of loftier ambition. Yes. That's that's why the like the the game jam type of comparison came to me because it's it's a very simple thing that it does not stray from its original concept at all really I mean it it iterates and gets more intense it adds a little bit of complication to it and then it's just over it doesn't you know overextend at all so it's 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 good stuff um, we are going to uh, come back after this I usually have music breaks but this game has ambient underwater sounds. So go. after we <laughs> come back from that, <laughs> we will uh, we'll get into what this game is all about. So in Iron Lung, you are a prisoner piloting a uh, makeshift submarine to the bottom of an ocean of blood. Uh, what happened, it shows you in like a, a little backstory screen at the beginning. Uh, there was an event called the Quiet Rapture, where every known star and habitable planet vanished, uh, leaving only people who are on space stations or starships alive. So. We do what we do, and we're on the hunt for resources, and where are the resources? Maybe at the bottom of this ocean of blood on the moon. (laughs) Uh, So, you're a convict uh, tasked with going down in this submarine to explore an anomaly uh, down in the ocean of blood, uh, looking for stuff. And the key thing in here that kind of sets the mood for it is uh, your sub, nicknamed the Iron Lung, was not designed to go down this deep. So they're going to weld you inside and they're going to shut the forward window. There's no time for training. If successful, you earn your freedom. (laughs) That is the story that you get at the beginning of this. And uh, I got to say, I don't need more of a setup for why I'm in the ocean of blood. This is pretty sweet. It's also remarkably bleak. Oh, yeah, like absolutely. The, the world presented, you know, even outside <laughs> of this is one completely without hope, which makes like the, you know, what you are doing even more absurd on a cosmic scale. Yeah. Comically so. Yeah. Every planet disappears and we still have convicts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. You're one there's of the still, three prisoners left alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there's seven people left, but this one's got to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? 
we're not going to waste any of the good people down in the homemade submarine. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, uh, it's it's a really good setup, and I I was surprised that there was more backstory than than this. Uh, oh, yeah. I, do, I don't I don't reg- I don't you know resent it, but I I didn't think it was that even really necessary to have it. You know, it, it's this is perfect. You know, the, you're the running man underwater. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 you're in in a windowless room. Yeah, get fucked, and like that. That's great. <laughs> that's, that's a really good hook. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, there was a bunch of added story, like in an update after the game first released, which I did not really dig into the story. Um, little gameplay spoilers. I was very stressed playing this game, so I (laughs) was not reading the computer logs. Uh, but if you take the time to dig in, you can learn about a bunch of the space stations and moons and stuff that are still available are still not available existing, you know? I mm-hmm. I saw that that was there, so I played this originally before that was added in the patch. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't care to know more. Yeah, like, you don't need I, to. I trust that there's cool story bits in there, but like, I don't know, like what's what's on the page, you know, in this excellent, you know, PC, you know, old PC shareware DOS style text splash at the beginning is yeah. is is plenty, plenty of motivation, plenty of mood. Uh, you know, to kind of set up what, what you know, why I'm here and what's uh, what's kind of going on. Didn't right. necessarily need a lot of lore or backstory. Did not want a source book. Yeah. You know, a, a source book kind of actively hurts us a little bit. Yeah, yeah I, think. I guess it kind of makes me wonder a little bit about like if they're adapting this for film, like a full feature film. Are they going to try and add in a bunch of characters with backstories and stuff like that? Or is it just going to be someone freaking out in a submarine? I. I don't, man, I don't know enough about, I don't know my mark application tables right. <laughs> well enough to <laughs> to know uh, whether that, that guy is going to do well by it. Mm-hmm. But there's a version of it that's like Moon that yeah. I would really like. And mm-hmm. then there's a version of it that's like the adaptation of World War Z that would get like sprawling out of control mm-hmm. and get real stupid. And I, I just, I don't know enough about the Markiplier to know which one he's leaning towards. Yeah, me either. Um, apparently he's done some film stuff on YouTube that people seem to enjoy, but I've never watched any of it. So I guess we'll see what we see. If you look at the runtime and it's like two hours, 40 minutes, then I'll be like, uh Oh, <laughs> nope. Shouldn't be longer than the game. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one thing that this backstory did kind of give me from like a, I guess story, but into gameplay perspective is like the fact that they're like, Hey, your sub's not designed to go down this deep, um, it's 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 going to be bad. So it gives you like this sense of urgency when you're moving from spot to spot, or at least it did for me. Yeah, I mean, and also like that is very important, you know, because like it's one of the first. I don't know if this is a spoiler, but one of the first things that you see is as you are lowering the porthole closes. Yeah. Right. In order to in order to pressure seal, kind of setting up, you know, the information scarcity that we're going to talk about when we talk about what you have to navigate with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then showing you the O2 meter as well it gives you that sense of urgency and scarcity. Yeah. That is an illusion, but a fun illusion. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, I guess the other thing about this is that the design of the inside of the sub looks like they literally pulled these pieces of metal out of the trash and like put this thing together to put you down in the blood ocean, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's got a, uh, uh, and it is, you know, basically what happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, probably. You know. It's probably in the computer log, the construction of the Iron Lung. So in Iron Lung, uh, the gameplay is you moving from node to node um, on this map that you have or throughout the ocean. You're moving from spot to spot. You're tasked with taking pictures. That's your mission. It's like a 
a survey mission, basically. Um, and we talked about this in the beginning of the show a little bit, but the thing that this game really does is it takes away so much of your information and your control so that you're basically, I mean, you are piloting in the dark because there's no windows. It, you probably couldn't see outside even if there were windows in the blood ocean, right? But uh, you you have so little information to go on when you're moving from spot to spot and your controls are so like, you can go forward, you can go backward, you can change the angle at which you're driving. That's about it. You're driving around a, an underwater Jill Valentine. <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> you're basically piloting a Kingsfield at the bottom of the ocean. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, a, a Kingsfield at the bottom of the ocean with an, with an interface that like, yes, you are, you know, it's 3D first person and you're doing a little bit of moving around in the ship. But like fundamentally, when I call this stripped back, like it feels a little bit like you are trying to play a horror game through a TI-83 graphing calculator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. It, it, it's the type of interface that would work on anything that a game has ever run on, right? You have, <laughs> you're pressing a button to move forward or backward. You're pressing a button to turn and there's a screen showing your coordinates and that's, that's all you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, and it's doing a, a real classic horror trick and horror game trick, which is taking away sight. You know, obviously mm -hmm. that people are scared of the dark. That's the number one site that or number one sense that most people rely on, you know, who, who are able to such, um, you know, and we need it. You know, I think about something like uh, Papa Sangre or uh, that other iOS game that uh, the Year Walk, uh, maybe yeah. is the name of it. No, um, that was more of a graphical adventure. Yeah, Year Walk. Yeah, was. There, there's a there's another one too. There's a, a, a silent or a, a rather a black, no graphics, entirely mm -hmm. sound based horror game for iOS. It reminds me of. It's just scary not to know what's out there. You know, and, and in this game, it's interesting because so much of it is depending on your imagination. If they actually showed it, I watched a, a modder who put in windows mm -hmm. uh, on the sub. Uh, it doesn't do, it doesn't help. It mm -hmm. doesn't make, it makes it really not scary uh, yeah. to just, you know, see some plants uh, out there <laughs> navigating by the coordinates um, is both like a little puzzle uh, that you're doing mm -hmm. and just, just taking one sense away from you mm -hmm. does all the heavy lifting yeah. for this. It's important to say that like you have a map, but it is yeah. just showing the contours of the canyon that you are mm -hmm. in uh, down there. It is not showing your relative position. Uh, instead, it is just a chart that shows where the walls are. And then there's a grid that shows, you know, like roughly what X and Y coordinates uh, yeah. are, are there. So, you know, part of the stress of this is keeping a mental map roughly of, you know, uh, where you are at at any given time. Um, and also understanding your speed and not understanding how big your sub actually is in relation to the space that you are going through. Yeah, you've, yeah. you've got a, a radar that kind of pings when something is near you. Like if you get close to a wall, it will start beeping faster and faster. But like it tells you, yeah, you're near a wall, but how near are you? Who knows? You could run into that wall anytime if you take, uh, you know, if you just press that button one second too long, you know. And because I'm stressed playing this, it is really like I got into some situations where I'm like creeping, like a, a click, 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 you know, we're moving up like half an X coordinate at a time yeah. while something's beeping, trying to, because there's like some pretty narrow places you have to squeeze through. 
<laughs> just you get into these situations where like, okay, do I have to do an Austin Powers 94 point turn to get out of this? Um, and like, how is it that everything around me is pinging that there's yeah. a collision about to happen? Yeah, exactly. So I already said this, this was stressful for me. It was not the claustrophobia aspect of the game that was stressful for me. It was the lack of information and the fact that I'm so focused on that one spot on the screen where like the coordinates are that anything that happens, whether I crash into a wall or hear something outside, that's scary to me, especially crashing into the wall. Cause it's a, it's a big noise when you're focusing really hard, you know? Yeah. Mm. And you know how much it matters when you crash into a wall, you know, any horror game, uh, you know, will live and die by how it communicates and artfully exaggerates the stakes of what's going on uh-huh. you know, here. That is a, <laughs> th- that is a huge, you know, kind of lever on which this does succeed because like, you know, you have, you have a pretty fair amount of like health, like you can bounce back from stuff, but it sells it audio and visually that like, Hey, this is a really bad, you know, mess up that you had, uh, Ooh. you know, g- 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 getting into this. Interesting. I never crashed. I never hit anything at less than the speed that would instantly kill me. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So I I also didn't. Possible. (laughs) Yeah, I I didn't bump into things either. Uh, But once I figured out what was going on, you know, I I I just played cautiously. Yeah. Yeah. Through through that, Um, I think I think Cole is right when you not knowing how big your sub is. I'm sure Mm -hmm. it's playing tricks Mm -hmm. with it. It's actually more generous, you know, than it seems. But yeah. Had a, had a similar thing. I it does want you to focus in uh, on that, and I think that that's one of the tricks that's doing is making you focus in on that navigation uh, there. And then it's just having you listen to a spooky soundscape. Like every <laughs> once in a while, there's an actual you know identifiable sound that is a thing, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is just a creepy ambience. Yeah, um, it's worth thinking. Like I like this game a lot. It's worth saying that this is entirely a dread piece. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you are, it is going to live and die on how much joy and emotion you extract from atmosphere. Uh, mm-hmm. Because that's, that's its trick. You know, that's what it's doing. Um, you want to be in the slow burn where you're jumping at sounds. And if you can't get yourself in that mind space, like, I didn't find this that scary. I think part of it is it might have just been, you know, daylight with a cup of coffee, you know, oh, yeah. second thing <laughs> I did in the morning and just been like, oh, this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, cool. Like I would have brought my phone. I have the best games. I have a jousting game on my phone. I have a medieval game on my phone. I, I have the best games on my phone. I could have just hung out in the sub all day uh, and been fine. It just didn't, uh, didn't affect me. Like it's something where you do have to bring a little bit of yourself to it and mm-hmm. you do have to play along with it uh, to a degree, I think Yeah. to, to get that horror generation. There is a bit of a, a cozy feel to the inside of the sub because at least I got the impression, even though I'm stressed about crashing into walls or like, I don't know what's going to happen as I'm playing. I don't know if something is going to bump the sub or something like that. So despite all of that, I kind of did get the sense of security that if I need to just take a second and like, you know, look at the map for a couple, like a minute or so and like plot out, okay, the, I'm going to go here, then here, then here, then here to get around this turn. I'll be fine. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's a it it is a uh, it puts you in a space where you can choose to make room to like reduce the amount of like tension that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to work audio and visually to try and keep you in that spot, but you know it is you can you can exert the will to uh, you know pause and reorient. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I was I did find myself again like fairly stressed out when 
moving from spot to spot when I was focused on those coordinates. And um, did you guys play Oxen Free? No. I played Oxen Free. Okay. Uh, Gary, you remember tuning the radio in Oxen Free and like just kind of waiting till you hit the right frequency? Um, yeah. Gave me some tension in Oxen Free because sometimes like bad shit will happen as soon as you hit that frequency. And again, I'm a I'm a horror games wimp, so that kind of stuff will will really get me. Uh, this was like the grown up, much more stressful version of that. Like when you get to the place where you're going to, I don't know what's going to happen. When you get to the place, you need to angle up a uh, a picture to take. I don't know what that picture is going to be of. I don't know if it's going to be, you know, <laughs> it takes a second for the picture to develop. And when it pops up on the screen, could be anything there. I'm so it, I like it pops I up with a loud away. noise too. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's that, that, that's the, the, to me, the more successful trick of this game, as opposed mm. to the building dread of just moving around is I've taken, I know I'm at the place I'm taking a picture. Uh, I don't, I, I felt relatively safe inside the sub. I would, felt like a page turn reveal almost mm -hmm. when you would show the picture mm -hmm. um, to the point to where the most this affected me was hitting the print button and then backing away. So <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be looking at it straight on me too. Mm -hmm. uh, and then creeping back up at, you know, to look at it and, and, you know, like a lot of the time it's just some plants, uh, <laughs> you, you know, uh, and, it, but it does that in service of when it's not just plants. I, yeah. was, uh, I was always taking pictures. Were like, you? Okay. Yeah. It, like it, it was huh. like, no, like not, I was using that as, extra data, you know, okay. for like what, like what I was, you know, pointing at. Um, so, you know, like if I, if I thought that right, you know, I was roughly in a place where like, okay, do I need to like go right to get around this? You know, I would actually use that as a navigation huh. aid as well. And you can see cool, like additional stuff as you, as you are doing that. There's no like film limitation or anything, mm. uh, you know, on there. That would probably be a pretty cool way to do like a challenge run of this if you wanted to. But yeah, I, I use that as just another tool. Interesting. I mean, it would be, that's the challenge run I did uh, yeah, in that too. case because I just used the, the, I only took pictures of the hotspots, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, which is the, the goal of the game is to hit all the hotspots. Yeah. Well, what I love is the fidelity of the camera that you have. It's a, it's a Game Boy camera. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> which is why I didn't use it as a navigational tool. Cause I took the first picture. I was like, oh, this is, uh, like you said, a Game Boy camera. So how much help is it really going to be when I'm trying to find my way you know, through a narrow passage or something like that. It's, have yeah. you seen, uh, they, somebody has gone through that, that modern YouTube gone and shown the images, not through the game boy camera filter, mm -hmm. which no. is really interesting as well. Yeah. Like it's just kind of neat to see I, the game boy camera filter is a really strong artistic choice. I wouldn't trade it, mm -hmm. but I think it's interesting to see both side by side. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I guess another thing that kind of led to a little bit of tension for me while playing is the fact that, like we said, you do have a map, but the map has like some smudges. You can't really zoom in on the map to see like, okay, is that, is that wall at X 477 or 480? You know, you can't get that granular <laughs> level of detail. And uh, there were some sections where I, I wished I could, you know, cause I, there are a couple of passages where I crash into the wall multiple times. Luckily there's a pretty friendly auto save in there and it, it never takes you that long to get back to a place where you died. But, um, that added just a little bit extra for me of like, I and I like a good paper map, you know, in a game, like literally your character pulls out a map and looks at it. <laughs> um, but that means that I have, again, less information than I wish I had. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the map and their choice to make it ambiguous, I think is important to the overall thing as well. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the sub is a real piece of shit. Why would they give you the world's greatest map? You oh, know? yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Another thing that I really like about this is the um, the sound design, which we've talked about a little bit. It's it's not um, it's not quiet. Like the the ocean's not quiet. If you're underwater, it's not perfectly quiet. I think they they got that down really well. Even if you're hearing stuff that is not doesn't sound immediately threatening, there is stuff. And uh, I don't I don't know about you all, but I don't want it near my sub. No, <laughs> it's threatening because it's a question mark. Yeah, you know because you can't see it, and you don't know what it is, and yeah. you also you know it's impossible not to bring in context of knowing this is a horror game going into it. True, yeah. you know, so you have certain, and that's I think that's a canny piece of design. You know, I think that's on purpose. Um, you know, that when you're talking about going through and feeling like something was going to pop into the sub or jump your sub, you feel that the whole time in part because of that atmosphere it's building, but in part because of the context you're bringing it. Uh, and that plays into those sounds as well. Like you hear these weird, you know, groaning metal and, and sounds outside the thing that are literally nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's a magic trick, but you don't know that. Until uh, it's not know, nothing. Until it's not. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, to, to the sound design as well, I think that's pretty important for selling the, um, how, just how shitty the submarine is too because uh -huh. that metal groaning you know that's pressure you yeah. know you're seeing the you know the like the 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 drips coming in um and uh just kind of a constant low level reminder if you are susceptible to the claustrophobia of this or just you know uh if the actual situation brings you a good deal of attention uh kind of kind of constant low level reminder of how precarious things are for you mm -hmm. cole how I, did you I, Sorry. From context, I'm I'm realizing you guys didn't find the big daddy that fixes the sub. <laughs> no, you can find no. down there. Okay. It's actually this is pictures. buzz marketing. I'm sorry for the spoiler. This is <laughs> this is Bioshock 3 buzz marketing. There's a big daddy down there, they'll fix your sub. Uh, uh, that's where they are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you were gonna ask me something? Yeah, I just gonna ask you because uh, Gary said that he he was not particularly affected by, you know, tension or scares in this game, while I very much was. So where did you fall on that? This is going to sound like a flex, and I really do not mean for it to be that way. <laughs> I I don't I do not get scared by horror games. Like okay. I I appreciate the uh, I appreciate the spooks on a uh, on an intellectual level and aesthetic mm -hmm. and, and and aesthetic level. It's been it's 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 kind of rare that something will you know really give me uh you know like I'm yeah I'm susceptible to jump scares you know uh, sometimes occasionally other times like no sale this right here a it was like oh I was more just appreciating the cool stuff that they were doing more mm -hmm. than actually feeling a uh, you know any any claustrophobia. Uh, as 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 it went, so, so, sorry if that's me sounding like way too above it all or whatever. Uh, no, it, it's all good. Especially like if even if you say that it, the, you know the scary stuff doesn't work on you, the fact that you can see what they're doing and why it is still good, you know, mm -hmm. that's that's the mark of a good horror game, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's different. There's different ways to appreciate. You can appreciate something viscerally and like analytically. Mm -hmm. you know uh, this and we're also me and cole are definitely the outliers on this game like if you look up things on this game there's uh scariest game ever made yeah applets being applied mm -hmm. to this uh so we are the outsiders on that yeah yeah which is why i was so hesitant to play it for a long time because mm -hmm. that's this game's reputation and it it was not that bad it was not the scariest game i've ever played partly because it was over in an hour. There was a part that made me scream out loud and go motherfucker out loud. Uh, and my wife had to come in and see what was wrong. I was just playing video games, just having fun, you know? Um, but 
Uh, and then every time I crashed into a wall was like a mini jump scare, you know, because yeah. I'm, I'm super focused on that, uh, those coordinates. And then suddenly, bam, you know, that worked mm. on me too. Yeah. So the, I guess the other thing about what's going on when you're playing is that as you might expect uh, with the the premise that you're piloting this, you know, artisan submarine down at the bottom of the ocean, uh, shit starts to go wrong as as happens in every sci-fi game set in space ever. Did this add any sort of tension for you all? There's mechanical tension to it because I had no idea how much I was responsible for the state of things. I was mm-hmm. trying to like get a glimpse under the hood of like what this information, what I was supposed to do with that information other yeah. than just, you know, process it as a, you know, increase an increase of the pressure, uh, that was being, you know, put, put on me in, uh, in the situation as I, as, as I went along. Um, you know, again, looking at this as a magic trick, it is a very good bit of misdirection. Mm-hmm. I, I basically expect things to get worse in, in games of this nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in general, like I was expecting it to, to just keep getting worse. I'm also like the, like I, I enjoy, uh, most like bleaknesses. I don't usually need like a happy ending for things for this kind of genre fiction. Yeah. You're not like the happy ending, obviously, but I don't really need hope spots or anything like that. So that didn't affect mm-hmm. me too much. But again, I think I'm the outlier in that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I will say the, the one time that it really like, was working was um did did either of you have a fire start in the sub mm-hmm. toward the end yeah it, it might be uh you know a, a planned or designed thing but you know a fire started i actually had to go put out the fire um and i kind of wondered like oh, what if i just let this burn am i gonna die uh during this or is the sub gonna break open or something like that but mm-hmm. that's, that's probably the biggest example of like oh shit something went wrong i actually have to fix it mm-hmm. yeah I, I put it out because I was always taking pictures and the fire got in between me and the uh, oh. the button to take them. It got in between you and your passion. Yeah. Yeah. Classic shutter bug. <laughs> I had to, had to do it. You don't want to miss an Insta opportunity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sunday fun day with this dumb blood ocean. <laughs> no coffin, please. Just wet, wet blood. <laughs> Iron coffin, please. Iron uh, lung, please. Yeah. Um, is there anything else about like in the non-spoiler part of the experience of playing Iron Lung that you guys think is noteworthy uh, that we should bring up here? To that point about needing to uh, put out the fire at that one point to go take the picture, I do like that you have to relinquish the controls to, mm-hmm. you know, to, you know, to get to go and do that, which does feel a little bit like, hey, if there's anything that I need to respond to. Um, and, you know, maybe that is going to be a, uh, uh, you know, something I'm going to regret having done at that particular mm-hmm. point. I think that is a good decision to make you have to turn away and specifically face away from any information about what you have in order to reveal that. Mm-hmm. If something does happen, I'm going to have to run over and press the single button to slowly move away from <laughs> whatever I'm trying to escape from. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that I have anything else that isn't uh, spoilery, spoilery, and not all that much left either in kind of general, you know, because yeah. it, it's a pretty simple game, which is to its credit again, but it, it's, there's not, uh, in the best possible way, there's not tons of depth to this, mm-hmm. you know, there's not too much to talk about, uh, which is fine, because mm-hmm. again, I want shorter games that look worse <laughs> and and for, for you know, where people are paid more. Yeah, uh, fair enough. much. Yeah. So I guess this is a good opportunity to kind of give some quick wrap up thoughts and uh, just answer the question: uh, What type of person would you recommend play Iron Lung? A little, a little 
a good question. It, it's such a small ask, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's oh, an yeah. hour and six bucks. Uh-huh. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that's a, that's a movie that's, that's renting a movie on, on a smart TV. Like that's not too much money. Mm-hmm. Um, an hour is not too much time. I think that if you are interested in atmosphere, uh, and you're interested in doing a lot with a little in terms of game design, I think you'd really like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's worth it, uh, because it is asking so little of you. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend it to folks who maybe have, you know, it, it, it's hard for me not to project, but like, if you want to see something new, something actually like really unique in, in the horror space, you know, especially like indie horror, uh, you know, which most, most of it is now, um, this, the, 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 this is different. There is a huge amount of novelty to this. That is not just, you know, flashlight house walking around and exploring unity assets mm-hmm. or, you know, aping, um, you know, Silent Hill kind of, or Resident Evil. Like there's joy to be found in that, but like this actually is something new under the sun. Um, at least as far as I'm aware. And that is really, really, that kind of novelty is really, really attractive. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this, it, like Gary said, it's a really small ask of people. So it's an easy recommendation unless you're just like, I don't want to play horror games. Then yeah, don't play this obviously. Yeah, yeah. But um, everyone else, I mean, it's six bucks. It goes on sale for like two bucks from time to time. Uh, and it's an hour long. Everyone out there is always asking for shorter games. So here you are. Here's a shorter <laughs> game that's worth your time. So uh, before we get into spoiler stuff, we'll do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, once again, I will turn it over to you guys to tell people where they can find uh, all the duck feed stuff. Yeah. All of the shows are listed out at duckfeed.tv. Uh, and you can go and subscribe to the individual ones. Um, uh, you know, just pick your poison. Like we said at the beginning, the most similar show to this would probably be Watch Out for Fireballs. We have over 400 episodes of that at this point because we've been mm-hmm. going for uh, so 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 long. Uh, we really appreciate <laughs> if you uh, went over there and took a look. Uh, usual disclaimer is like if you are looking at stuff, uh, find a game that you know, not a game that you are especially in love with, because we oftentimes. We're not uh we are not exclusively positive uh we are <laughs> not cheerleading that's yes. not the idea behind the show yeah 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 um so that is the way to you know kind of kind of see the the the, the breadth of what we do uh, and i'll let gary do the patreon stuff yeah and if you want to support us and get a bunch of bonus stuff you go to patreon.com slash uh we have a bunch of bonus shows on there so if you like horror stuff um we do a show called unfilmable about horror media Mm-hmm. Um, once a month that has been going on for a long time, started covering Lovecraft adaptations and then expanded. Um, we think that's real good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you get all of them. The way we design our Patreon is you can backport. So you give us $5 once if you want to listen to all those episodes, uh, at, at, at a time, uh, and then depatronize, uh, we're helpless <laughs> to stop you. Oh no. No. Uh, you know, what, whatever will you do, um, feel free. That is the design. And I alluded to those horror game streams. I do stream at uh, twitch.tv slash TV. If you're interested in watching me, you know, very frequently uh, on weekends, play uh, games of this uh, kind of scope. Yeah. Yep. Recently, in air quotes, by the time people hear this, uh, I would tuned in to watch you play a little bit of uh, Amnesia the Bunker, which is a game that I... I, I like horror games a bit more now, but I still, I, I think I'll stick to watching other people stream that game. But it looks mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, we're uh, covering that on WAF. Uh, oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I love that game. It's really good. Awesome. Look forward to that. No. Um, again, a big recommendation for everyone to check out 
whatever shows, you know, premise appeals to you with duck feed, they have so many shows that you'll find something, uh, watch out for fireballs, obviously. And again, for all the souls fans out there, bonfireside chat, top shelf stuff. Uh, you'll find a link down in the show notes for duck feed stuff. So you can go click around while I'm talking about myself for the next minute. So if you would like to support this show, uh, the best thing to do is obviously to tell a friend and leave a rating and review. If your platform allows that, uh, it's really helpful. We have a lively Discord server full of, actually weirdly full of Iron Lung sickos. So if you want to come in and talk about <laughs> Iron Lung this week, uh, we would love to have you. If you would like to support monetarily, patreon.com slash Jackson will get you some bonus content. You can vote on games to appear on the show and stuff like that. And I do another show that's not about video games. It's called a top three podcast. We do lists, which is fun. So we are going to take a break. And when we come back, it is spoiler time for Iron Lung. Right, we are back and it's time for spoilers for Iron Lung. I wanted to kind of continue the discussion about the way that the game creates some unease as as you play and we touched on it. People who are listening really hard probably figured out or heard that we said that a lot of that stuff uh, that causes you to feel pressure when you're playing is fake. Um, the fact, or at least I think it's fake. I, I think <laughs> if you just sit in the sub for a while, you'll be fine, right? My understanding is it's all fake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you are never in danger until the fire or the end of the game. Right. Uh, and everything else is scripted. So like you pass a certain point on the map, the blood starts rising from the floor, stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. There are certain things. I, I don't think it's map based. I think it's based on how many checkpoints you've taken pictures mm, of. Yeah. yeah. Because the finale will always happen at the finale. That's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. where you can't outsmart it by like going to the other side of the map and taking pictures of the end first. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as I know, that is, those are the articulation points on which your choices of how you experience the game will change what happens. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of had a feeling this wouldn't be the type of game where like you're taking too long. Oops. Your, su your sub exploded. Try again or something yeah. like that, you know? Kind of, kind of runs counter to it a little bit. Like, I think that would be a little bit too much actually. <laughs> Mm -hmm. you know um and keeping the uh the, the 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 things where complete failure and reloading uh are the stakes down to just the navigation and making sure you don't run into stuff i think mm -hmm. that is a that, that 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 is a much better thing uh, <laughs> uh yeah it's a very smart decision because like what do you what do you do if you like run out of oxygen and run out of time do right. i start from the beginning again do you, when you reload a checkpoint, does it give you like 20% more oxygen? Like that would just be like way too much to manage. And you can feel like it's a cheat that the oxygen meter doesn't matter, but I don't know. I've got bad news about video games. <laughs> <laughs> if you expect it to be, if you expect every game to be completely honest with um, what actually matters uh, and the information that it conveys. There's not a lot of room for interesting fail states yeah. when the consequence of your failure is death. Uh, in this scenario yeah. when, you know, it, it is something that would just happen to you. 
you know, even with the generous checkpointing, it just wouldn't be very interesting. No. So like you can make a game like that. I think you could probably design a game where it is about keeping your oxygen level uh, and your fuel and having a certain amount of hull stability yeah. uh, again. But again, like what does that do that Subnautica doesn't, yeah. you know, as, as parts of Subnautica doesn't do. Uh, you know, you, you're given more tools, but that is because the game is built around it. Yeah. This is a much more akin to a walking sim yeah. uh, than anything else. Like this is a narrative experience. There are levels of interactivity to it, but you are walking in a way that obfuscates your senses. Yeah. It's tense walking is yeah. how your, your tank controlling your, your sub. Yeah. Very basically. awkward walking from <laughs> place to place. <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say that this, because this is all in illusion it's it's more of a cinematic experience than can, like can you imagine if they were like here's your toolbox you're you just burst a pipe you have to go fix the pipe and then you took too long fixing the pipe now your oxygen's running low or like the blood is up to your shoulders or something like that or play this mini game yeah. yeah. Like here's a pipe thing. Play pipe dreams. Yeah. <laughs> here's a, here's a fire thing. Play like do, do some bejeweled match three to, <laughs> to, put, to, to put the, you know, the, it would be awful. Like yeah. it would, it would absolutely be immersion breaking. Like for this game to work as it does, it is exactly as interactive as it can be and needs to be. No, you know, it would not work. So like you do end up having these events as you move through, you have the fire start, you have uh, the sounds, outside the feeling of things like brushing up against your sub, <laughs> uh, things like that, that are really effective and cool yeah. and creepy. Uh, it is, you don't, you didn't do it. Right. You know, it was just something that was going to happen to you along the movie, along mm -hmm. the guided tour, basically. Yeah. You also have uh, a couple of instances where like, and I think this is a little like conceit to help the players out a little bit, but where you'll go to like a really far off node to take a picture. And when you take a picture, it will warp you somewhere else, mm. which is helpful again. Like I don't have to drive my ass all the way back, but also what the fuck was that? Why did mm -hmm. I just jump across the map? Yeah. And, and there's no, to any of those, like a lot of those questions, there are not answers, Yeah, you know, to them, which is part of what, you know, the other kind of big half of spoiler stuff that's in this is the, the, visual logs, the mm -hmm. computer logs you can get. And like, it's so interesting that so much of it is non-conclusive and just like, yeah, there are creepy cyc cyclopean cities and monster bones on the bottom of the ocean. Uh, but there's so much source book stuff explaining the current geopolitical climate of the space Federation uh -huh. thing. <laughs> I, there's a real weird di kind of dichotomy to that. Like I largely feel like those logs are kind of subtractive and I got the sense of how bleak and like grotesquely, you know, capitalistic the world was purely from the premise. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a part later on where you get um, a you find a log and it's somebody finding out like, you know, when you find the other sub and they it's like, oh, that one was, um, you know, actually manned by scientists. Yours is a death trap. They don't want you to come back. And I'm like, no shit. Like, yeah, that, there's no, there's never been a, the running man where they want you to come back. No, you know, th this is, this is as old as time. This, this trope, you know, yeah. I, I would rather have just been allowed to feel that as opposed to being told it. Mm -hmm. And they do half of that perfectly. Yeah. Uh, we don't know exactly what the blood is. We don't know what lives here. We don't know what gets us in the end. We don't know any of those things. There's not really answers to them. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to know, you know, what, what the unit, what, how they pick, choose time, like yeah. how they chose a new calendar, uh, there's multitudinous, you know, there's a whole Encarta yeah. on the sub for it. 
I almost feel like the note that you find on the floor of the sub back by the uh, log is a little bit too much. Like it's a good line that says like, Hey, this isn't an expedition. This is an execution, mm-hmm. you know, like just, okay. We're, they they want to kill you. They don't want you around. If they get useful data out of it, then Yahtzee, you know, but like, yeah. I don't know. Again, it's not stuff that is not inherent in the, uh, you know, in, in, in the premise that you get in the opening and uh, in, in the opening. This this is such a spare product, and there have been so many meaningful cuts that I just want there to be more. And <laughs> mm. is it? Uh, it also kind of underlines a little bit of silliness. No, like yeah. this can't be the cheapest way to execute somebody. No, 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 no. how crappy the sub is. Like yeah. you're if, in if space, you told me, you could just throw them out the window. Yeah, you could yeah. just put them in the ocean. Like they don't even need the sub. That's They're, true. I mean, you yeah. Know? Just stab a guy like, you know, you don't have to send them to the blood like you, they, they've got the blood. Right they, they're in full them. of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they, they, I got carry on blood with me all the time. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I don't have to check my blood when I go places. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, and the idea like, well, we're going to build a sub because on the off chance they'll get some pictures and we can recover yeah. it. Yeah. It's just a little like a little bit strange. Like I, I, I'm not looking for realism in this future sci-fi thing, but I think that by adding all of that realism to the lore stuff they encourage that kind of thinking. Like if this is a society that has thought so much about all of these different things and there are geopolitical kind of wars being waged between these different moon colonies and everything, Mm -hmm. then why are they doing this very sci-fi, almost like allegory, like idea, you know, on top of it. It, it, It's, it's the, the, the overall lore feels a little hat on a hat, I shouldn't make this comparison because we're out of the uh, we're we're not on our show where it is a Simpsons reference uh, safe space. <laughs> but we make this you know I've I've used this comparison quite a bit. You know it is the you know this is not a snowman. This is a man made out of snow. When yes. you know, when Mister Bur- when Mister Burns is going crazy in the in, in the cabin after an avalanche, right? And like oh, it just he describes you know like ah yes we have got all these feet of intestine and you know, all these bones or whatever. And then it, the camera cuts and reveals he just made a. Snow- man like homer did mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so that's a lot of it. It's, it it feels like they're just trying to give all this preamble for this stuff that is not connected <laughs> to anything it's a lot of it's a lot of uh effort that went into answering questions that i don't really have yeah yeah i i didn't dig in i i watched um a little bit of markiplier's uh let's play earlier today to see a little bit of those computer logs and i was like yeah i, I don't think i missed it when i was playing i I went back to the computer. I typed a couple of like words in there and the computer was like, I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, you get nothing. And I don't have, you know, old timey adventure game brain. So I was like, okay, fair enough. I'm going back to the controls. I fired it up and typed help. And then it said query not understood. And I was like, (laughs) this is bullshit. (laughs) Uh, Kind of along those, uh, the mystery there is the things that you're taking pictures of again, with the fidelity of the Game Boy camera, this is a a part where I think they did leave a lot like to the imagination in a really helpful way. Like I put a couple of the pictures in my, my notes doc here and they are just like, what if this was a bad picture of a squid or like an up close of half of a spider crab or something like that? Just enough to give you the sense that there's weird shit out there, but nothing more Mm. than that, which is great. I think. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the things that work for me are when you run up and start finding the anomalies that are clearly constructed, 
right? Mm, yeah, you know, um, and you know the 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 archways or the monuments or you know or what mm-hmm. have you. That is more interesting to me than like this is the remains of you know a very large creature that could be out hunting you. Yeah, uh, you know, and you know from taking pictures of stuff as you're trying to navigate. You know, like the coolest moment to me was when you were working your way towards the north part of the map and you had to pass through like a very narrow what what seemed to be just another very narrow channel in the canyon and if you take pictures you can see like there's a gateway like this is a cyclopean city that something out there had built and you know the thing for me was like this felt a little bit less like an expedition to you know find resources or whatever but more just like to maybe find something that could possibly answer you know or something that might be related to why the quiet rapture happened Mm. and you know why this didn't go away in that yeah yeah and and once for me at least like once i saw that was what was happening like oh there's ancient cities on the bottom of the ocean yeah like that that shorthand kind of did you know a lot of work for me like i Mm -hmm. i've read a lot and played a lot of media that that deals with that yeah um it kind of put a little bit of a bounding box for me and that's through no fault of the game like everyone has to be exposed to their tropes for the first time no you know uh by something uh for me i was like oh it's really gay yeah uh you know oh you know we're we're doing dagon (laughs) it's 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 dagon okay we're dagon you know yeah yeah just seeing that picture kind of gave me that same feeling like oh there's you know man-made or someone made this down here i don't need any more details that's good enough i'm yeah yeah yeah. it it, it's additive at that like very basic level i think Mm -hmm. um Cole, did you find anything else cool with the camera? That was the big one. That uh, that that uh, um, passage uh, that you found there. That was like the big like eureka moment from it. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the other stuff that I found, like I I know that there are very particular things that you can see. You can catch like glimpses of the thing that is kind of harassing you, you know, swimming mm-hmm. around you. I didn't necessarily catch any of those. Um, yeah. It was more just uh, kind of using it again, seeing walls, seeing proximity, you know uh discerning what i could from the extremely dithered images gotcha yeah yeah it it makes it very the control scheme specifically makes it kind of a pain in the ass to hunt for stuff mm-hmm. in a way that i think is additive yeah you know like if you were going to try to get make a complete map or draw a version of this mm-hmm. you spend so much time ferrying between you know moving by de- literal degrees and taking pictures yeah that it would just i i think that it doesn't want you to it's discouraging that i'm not saying like you know your exploratory stuff cole was bad i'm saying that like actually trying to be completionist about it and see everything is fairly contrary to the spirit of Mm. what it wants you to do i wasn't even like going out of my way and especially being exploratory this was just a way to get any more information about the situation and trying to orient myself Mm. um like i i am happy that those other things that you can find exist not because i feel any compulsion or i have can even imagine the person who would have a compulsion to fight and go and explore everything and see it but it's just like it increases the chances that you're going to find something really cool by accident mm-hmm. yeah. um and like that particular moment i think is you know valuable enough to put that stuff out there yeah 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 it feels like there should be more hidden stuff under there yeah you know it, it's got that sense to it uh even though from like looking around it doesn't seem like there's that much more you know it'd be it'd be a real fun and cheeky thing for him to, for Dave to do, to, uh, just add something, you know, 
uh, no. down there partway oh, through. Yeah, like, yeah. Just a, a little you know. tiny update. Um, here's a temple or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have it shift yeah, around. Yeah. 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 Like a language. <laughs> you know, <something> like <laughs> just all you would need is just a few glyphs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess building up to the ending here, there is a cool thing leading up to the ending where your radar has been really, really reliable for a while now. Uh, at at least telling you where the walls are. And then if you turn away from the wall, the little blip disappears, right? So you can trust it until suddenly you can't trust the radar because there's something right in front of you all the time. Um, Now, Mm -hmm. I wonder what you guys thought. Did you think the radar's busted or did you think there's something in front of the sub? I thought that there was anomalous stuff going on. I tied it into the teleport thing that happens to you as well mm-hmm. uh something you know whatever otherworldly force that is happening here is fucking with my instruments that's what i thought yeah it, it's I, I am satisfied with any explanation actually like yeah. it just kind of underlines the absurdity of it like it kind of doesn't matter what it is practically for you as the as as the player it, you know it means that you know this thing that you were relying on is now you know, just uh, it, it is not giving you operative information. There's literally nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. I don't need to know the answer, but yeah. um, the fact that it could be multiple things, like plausibly multiple things is mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Uh, and the fact that that thing is always fucking beeping for like the last 15 <laughs> minutes of the game added a little bit of tension for me personally. Yeah. So I, I guess we're, we're up to the ending now. And, um, Gary almost spoiled this in the elevator pitch earlier. Uh, We have, in my baby horror game, gamer opinion, one of the best jump scares I've ever experienced. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. I love it so much. People hate it. They're like, this is incredibly polarizing. Um, yeah, yeah, no, like, uh, like, uh, uh, D- D- Dave had gone, uh, you know, like done like polls, like, Hey, like, what do you, th- what, you know, on Twitter, like, what do you think of, you know, the ending? Like, was it too sudden? Like, was it too much or whatever? And it was, it was very polarized. And I was like, how did you expect it to end? Yeah. <laughs> or what else would also work? Yeah. <laughs> like what, what should stand in its place? Yeah, it has the cadence of a joke almost. It, oh, like I love the, it. exactly. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Yeah. I I laughed out loud when it happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's the the game. It's like a Shaggy Dog story. Like yeah. the game is tricking you along this entire time, building up this tension to just literally surprise you. Oh yeah, it is the the most most well earned yeah. jump scare. Yes. In a game. I mean, it just, it's, it just like literally like, you know, it's like, it's like a screamer video, right? <laughs> it's a screamer yeah. video in game form. It spends the, you know, this, the, the, this hour and a half, this hour getting you to lean further and further in and then mm-hmm. blasts you yeah. back. Like the commitment, you know, to yeah. the bit is just mm-hmm. really wild, you yeah. know, that does it. And it's, it's the only, yeah, taking a picture of the eye also functions as such. There are a lot mm-hmm. of little miniature jump scares, but mm-hmm. you can play this game in a way where this is the first sudden shock (laughs) yeah if you don't hit a wall this might be the first big thing yeah yeah Yeah. i i love that idea and the confidence of a dread piece until it's not and then fuck you credits (laughs) you know the speed of it and the edit of it is very important too i think yeah Yeah. and like what what you see too like it's very quick but like this thing just takes a it takes a chomp he takes a bite 
right? Yep. This big yep. fish that, uh, that, 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 that decides to, uh, to end you. And again, underlining that absurdity, which I think is just one of the biggest, you know, assets that this has, they could have decided to do that whenever it wanted to, right? right. There was nothing you could do about this. You know, the, the game was right from the start, right? Right. Yeah. But the, the timing of it, the fact that for me personally, I had a hard time getting to the last node. I died a couple of times. My radar is going fucking crazy. The, the floor is full of blood. I finally get there and I'm like, line it up perfectly. And it's, it doesn't wait till you <laughs> press the button. It, the nope. timing is mm-hmm. so fucking good. Like you take one <laughs> yeah. step and bam. <laughs> yep. it, it's ensuring that you're facing it because it knows what you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I, it's i love go it. ahead cole yeah. i just i was, I was just gonna say i love it uh, it's, yeah. it, it is one of the best punchlines uh, in games yeah it, it's good to hear that from uh from people who play tons of horror games and you you both of you said that you know this game and a lot of other games don't scare you very much because i'm like super susceptible to jump scares but i'm learning the difference between good ones and bad ones um yeah little peek behind the curtain next week or not next week, two weeks from now on the show, I think is uh dead space we're doing <laughs> next week. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, I didn't think that dead space was very scary because I don't think they do jump scares well at all besides the first one, you know, cause it's the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. The fact that this game had a bunch of little mini scares along the way with me crashing into walls and stuff like that. And then this big fuck you jump scare at the end was just yeah excellent yeah to me like good jump scares are ones you laugh at yeah yeah uh like if you laugh afterwards that's good Mm -hmm. if you literally think i'll fuck you Mm -hmm. uh, afterwards i I usually don't like it that much you know Mm -hmm. i i want to be i want to be uh kind of courted (laughs) uh, with them (laughs) yeah you know i want to be teased uh you know with them and and it's just it's uh bad ones are when you know they're like screamer videos uh, where it's just, there's no buildup and just like, I thought I was going to see a cat instead. It's a guy in a mask screaming. Mm-hmm. Oh, jokes on me. You lied. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you know, what a clever ruse. You lied. Yeah. Um, you know, got me, uh, that kind of shit sucks. The thing, the reason why this one is so good is because there's so much work. Arguably the entirety of the game mm-hmm. is in work of courting you for this one moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that's, that's just a beautiful thing to and have happen. And it's also the last thing right like yes. when you get a jump scare you know and jump scares are called cheaps because it are called cheap just because it is a physiological reaction sudden new stimulus you're going to have a reflexive right you know kind of response to it right um that doesn't mean that you shouldn't use them but when you run into a jump scare in a horror game it's like it suddenly puts you on edge and not like good on edge but it's like okay this is something that it sees fit to deploy maybe for no reason at all just because something interesting hasn't happened for a while the fact mm-hmm. that it is the last thing that happens and leaves you with that impression, I think is such a good use. Uh, it's probably like the ideal use for that yeah. kind of, uh, for that kind of scare. Mm. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the player might inadvertently jump scare themselves along the way, but you've got one really, really good one. And like you said, basically the whole game is just leading up to this uh, yeah. because unless you get scared by things kind of bumping up against the side of the sub, there's nothing else that's designed to really scare the shit out of you like that. And this yeah. was one of those, like I said, before the spoiler break, this is the moment where I was like, ah, motherfucker. And then like, afterwards <laughs> I was like, all right, that was, that was good. Gary, 
when, <laughs> when 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 we were talking about the elevator pitches, you said that your initial one was um, spoilery. Oh, it was it was basically uh, the best built up jump scare in games. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was, uh, which is my actual spoilery mm-hmm. elevator pitch for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not you know there are other elevator pitch or other uh, jump scares I love. Mm-hmm. There are ga- like a great many games I like more than this. But in terms of that singular unit of build up and payoff for the singular unit of jump scare, I think this maxes out the meters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even as someone who, I mean, this one was really good. I don't. I still. I don't say that I enjoy even a good jump scare very often. This one was so good that I was like, I, yeah, I hats off. This was great. It's not the kind of thing you can be like, I'm looking for good jump scares. How can I, what has some good jump scares in it? Yeah. Because it's, it's very subjective and it's also a thing where, uh, you know, when, if somebody's like, I like them or I hate jump scares, it depends so much on execution. Like I'm always kind of surprised by that that attitude yeah. of just mm. enjoying or disliking them. It's like saying I you know, like and I've piano. Seen it go both ways. <laughs> I like piano music. Well, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And that you know that, that could be like like Mario ragtime. Anything could happen. Jazz or like you know Ben Folds farting into his 88 keys about abortions <laughs> and like whatever. Like that could be anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's uh, it's very general. Yeah. You know, it's a tool. Yeah. Like you, you don't like uh, cheese because you don't obviously don't want to, uh, you don't just like cheese in general because you don't want a slice of Amer- craft on your ice cream. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you like cheese when it's properly deployed and it's part of a, a composition. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the other thing with this, this final scare is that I knew it was coming. Like I had read mm. that there was a jump scare at the end of the game because me being the 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 newbie to horror games that I am, I go on Reddit and I type, how scary is Iron Lung? And then I read what people say. And some people were like, it's actually not bad, except there's a jump scare at the end. And even knowing that it was coming, the fact that it was still as unexpected as it was, you know, set up perfectly mm-hmm. with this timing that I didn't expect still got me really good. So... Even yeah. with that, yeah. that the spo- that the spoiler didn't matter because the actual yeah. content was so good and so well delivered. Yeah, yep, yep. It's really great. Um, after that happens, you get another text screen that that tells you what's going on after your sub explodes. Uh, so they say the expedition ultimately raised more questions than answers. Yeah, uh, satellite images showed pieces of the SM thirteen scattered all over the bottom of the trench as though it had been torn apart by some huge beast. Uh, the wreckage cannot be re- reached at this time. No photographs have been recovered. Uh, the stars shine pale as bones. The moon is a lifeless corpse, its ocean a gaping wound. The universe, what's left of it, is dying. But somewhere in the void, there must be hope. Like, I don't know what that means. Like, no. with, I, where is the hope in on, this man? scenario? The, 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 yeah, source. The, the, ba- the back yeah. half of that is a little is is a little too purple for me. But yeah. again, just uh, talking about the bleakness and the hopelessness of this, no photographs have been recovered. Yeah. Literally, the only thing that you accomplished gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I would again. I would have liked more minimalism for yeah. this. It makes me wonder. You know, earlier when we were talking about the narrative stuff being added to this feeling like a solution to a problem that didn't exist. I half wonder, I I should probably just ask uh, the creator, but I I half wonder if it's the opposite. I half wonder if it's uh, a world and story Bible stuff that came first and then decided to throw it in. 
Yeah. Like it wasn't, you know, they had the idea for this world, you know, this, this vision of being on a sub in an ocean of blood. And then eventually said, no, 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 we don't have to make it a narrative thing. Let's tear it, you know, pair it back, pair it back. But we mm-hmm. have all this stuff. So let's mm-hmm. throw this in there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I wonder if it was that as opposed to answering a literal question. Yeah. Just if, if the fact that it was added after release does not mean that it was conceived of after release. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, because it really reads like, uh, story Bible mm-hmm. stuff. And this yep. reads like the back copy of a TTRPG. <laughs> yeah. Like th- this literally is like the pitch on an in like a six page, uh, you know, itch.io tabletop role playing game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, it, especially the stuff you read in the computer gave me the feeling of like, it, it's something I, I dig about uh, people who, you know, write out detailed backstory and stuff. And then, after the finished product is, or when they're doing the finished product, they cut out everything that doesn't have to be there, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, after the fact, if people are like, we want to know everything about the backstory and they're like, okay, well I'll I'll put it in the computer. I guess you can go dig around. I, I I always want that stuff to just exist online. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, my, my, one of my all time favorite internet documents ever is the fallout Bible, which is just that stuff on a big PDF you can read. You know, it's not in the game. You can just learn all this behind the scenes stuff, which I want to know, but I I don't need it to be a codex yeah. inside the, you know, inside the game. Don't ask me to pay attention to it in the game because you will fuck up your pacing. It's, it's the same. It's similar to the issue I have with like Dragon Age codexes, you know, like it's, they're optional, but I, I don't need to know that and stop asking me to look at it. <laughs> you know, I suppose in situations like this and you know like you said all those rpgs that have really detailed codex entries i just don't read them like i'll pick up the first one i'll get a lay like the lay of the land and be like oh i'm just never reading any of these ever again and i will pretend that they're not there and it works for me that way you know yeah so uh that is iron lung guys thank you so much for uh taking the time to come talk about it thanks again for having us Yeah. yeah yeah thank you um, we'll give a, a recommendation again at the end for people to check out everything that uh, Gary and Cole are doing over on Duckfeed. Again, down in the show notes, you'll find links uh, for everything they're doing. And yeah, this has been a great time. Really fun game. Um, podcast longer than the runtime of the game, which is usually <laughs> not how these go. Beat but... that, Markiplier. <laughs> <laughs> but still a, a shorter episode for this show. Uh, so again, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Everyone who's listening, thank you very much. Hope you go out and play it, even though we've just spoiled the entire thing. And yeah, tune in next week for Dead Space, the next game to come out of the backlog. <laughs>